0: Your day has just begun, yeah. but for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending on 97.5-1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Yeah.
0: Hashtag NFL. Here's the snap to Brady. They send a safety blitz. Gets about caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Gronkowski again the cannons back goes Prescott deep ball down the right side he's got Cooper on the right side of the end zone comes up with the ball and the touchdown snap is back Zerline's kick is plenty long enough and it sails through and Dallas leads Tampa Bay with a minute 24 to play a 36-yard field goal A 10 far side hash by Ryan Suckup to win it. 29-28 Cowboys seven seconds left Good snap. The spot. Here's the kick by Suckup. Is it good? It is good! Bucks take the lead at 31-29 with two seconds left. How about them Buccaneers defending the Super Bowl championship and taking the lead with just two seconds left of the game. And there is the NFL season opener. The season starts with Tom Brady looking awesome. Dak Prescott looked pretty awesome, too, but Tom Brady had a minute 24 at the end of the game. So Tampa Bay gets the win, 31-29. People like offense, 108 passes thrown, about 800 yards of passing. That's the offensive show you're looking for, isn't it, PK? How many referees are out on the field? I believe it's seven. Okay, well, it's
1: so difficult to beat 18 on 11. (laughs) Jeez, Tom Brady gets everything favored. Godwin. Michael Jordan came out of his seat and said, how could you not call that? It's a joke.
0: Pushing off. It was also a Dynamic game. I don't know that you'll have a better game all season, really. (laughs) That was really as good as it gets, right? Early on, the way they were going up and down the field, I thought it was going to take 40 points to win the game. But it ends up 31-29. Bucks get the win. Brady 32 of 50. Four touchdowns. Two of them to Gronk. They've now combined for 100 touchdown passes in their careers. It's a massive number. Baltimore Ravens, they keep losing running backs. Although it's not limited to running backs anymore. They lost a corner, Marcus Peters. Running back Gus Edwards, that's a third running back to go down. And now you look at their depth chart and the former Cougar, briefly. Tyson Williams is at the top of the depth chart. Yeah, I think they're bringing back John Maddie. I don't think they're bringing back John Maddie, but that, that's a reach. That's way back in the day. John Maddie, that's 50 years ago, 50 years plus. But you got to go Colts. Right, to stay in Baltimore, there were yeah. no Ravens now. I get your point. Season ending ACL tears there. So for Edwards, three Ravens running backs lost. They called in a bunch of guys. We'll see how that shakes out for them. The Pittsburgh Steelers agreed to terms with linebacker T.J. Watt. Four years, $112 million. $20 million, $28 million per year average makes Watt the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. Now, there are reports that his agents thought they could get more, but Watt overruled him, went into the office of the Steelers president, told him they had a deal. Then excused himself and announced he had to go work out. Adam Schefter reporting that. You buying that story? You think an agent cooked something up to make the publicist look good? Or it is what it is at face value? That's the
1: difference. He's getting $28 million. (laughs) Who cares what the story is? Now the next guy, tell your agent, hey, I'm going to give you what money? You're going to give me what
0: money? (laughs) That's multi-meaning there. That's a lot of cash. All right, this Sunday, they will try to top that Buccaneers-Cowboys game. Will there be a better game all year? Sunday night football, prime time. It's the Bears and the Rams. CBS and Fox both have doubleheaders, so you got a lot of games to choose from. And if you're PK, you got the tickets, so you got them all to choose from. For free, no less. Packers and Saints is probably the best game that won't be on over-the-air TV. So uh, you, you know, know I think opening
1: weekend, they're all good. There's no game. You never
0: know what storyline is going to jump
1: out. There's really no game that intrigues me more than the other. I mean, as the season progresses, obviously, that'll be a significant difference. But for now. You pick a game. I could watch any game, and normally we would say Jacksonville, but now that they got Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, <laughs> you got
0: to watch that's them. That's on too, the right? list
1: too because we have the connection to Urban Meyer, and we've watched Trevor Lawrence play for three years and to see what he can do. You know how good can he be? Because he was just stunningly great in college. Obviously, it's why he went number one. He would have been. It reminds me of Tim Duncan when Tim Duncan was playing. I remember, Jerry said. When if Tim Duncan would have come out his first year, he would have been the number one pick, and the second year, and so forth and so on. It's the same thing with Trevor Lawrence, you know. But they had the rule have the rule in the NFL as far as three years. Of the NBA at the time he could have come, but uh, Duncan chose to stay, and I think that's because the Utes played them his uh, senior year. They had that thing uh, New Year's Eve, I think, at the Huntsman Center it was a big, big deal. And so it's the same type of principle. Trevor Lawrence, no matter when he chose to come out, once we saw him play as a freshman, he would have been the number one pick. So certainly I'm going to be wanting to watch him play and see how he does in the NFL. So for week one, pick a game, any game, any game, all of the games, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Jets and Carolina. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> that's, the, that's the morning game on uh, Channel 2. Fox 13 is going to have Seattle, the Seahawks and the Colts, in the morning. Yeah, anyone. Pick, pick a game.
1: There's not a game that I could say, wow, I have zero interest in week one. Big,
0: Baker Mayfield yeah. and Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, they were pretty good the last year. Kansas City Well, Jeez. obviously, yeah.
1: I mean, I, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. I don't know that it will happen. I don't imagine, but that's not way on the realm to think that could be an AFC title game right there. I mean, that wouldn't be shocking. No, it wouldn't. The Browns not. are on the come. Yep. So you could throw a, a dart at the NFL schedule and say, I'm going to
0: focus in on this game, and when I throw it, I'd be fine. Broncos Giants is a late game on Fox. Green Bay and New Orleans is going to most of the country, so that's where you'll find it on NFL Ticket PK. That's that's the game, and then just channel surfing, see what catches catches your eye. Yeah, they all will. NFL kicking off, and then the Bears and Rams Sunday night primetime on NBC. DJ and PK. I think just because we're familiar with with each other, and you know, me and my little brother played. I think just because we're familiar with, with each other and you know I, me and my little brother played here at BYU and our oldest brother played at Utah and so there's the family connection there's the friends and you know there's a lot of guys on our team that know a lot of guys on their team and so that's on the field and then you go beyond the field and into households and there's a lot of people that cheer for both and there's a lot of people that have mixed families that go for one or the other school so I think that makes it a lot more fun you know the bragging rights are the, are the key here we're looking to try to find ways to make our fans happy and that as a coaching staff and as a, as a program and as a team, that's what we want to do.
1: It is a lot different for a lot of reasons. First of all, we're not in the same conference anymore. That's been 11 years now. We don't play it every year. You know, We're taking two years off after this year. We've taken time off in the past, didn't play it last year, although that was extenuating circumstances. The timing of the game, You know, early in the season, typically a rivalry game is, is the last game of the season. So there's a lot of reasons why it, it has a different feel than it used to. We're playing this year, so we got to be ready to go.
0: They're the head coaches on the nature of the rivalry game. Eight fifteen tomorrow night on ESPN, the Utes and the Cougars. Can the Utes make it <clears throat> 10 in a row? Which would be the longest winning streak in the history of the rivalry? Both teams have had nine-game win streaks.
1: I disagree with Kyle to an extent. All the different circumstances, that's leading up to the game. But when the game's on, the game is there. And it is just as intense as always. Uh, so leading up to it, I agree with him 100%. But when they play the game there's just no doubt about it that the intensity is there you can feel it in the crowd it might take I don't know that it'll ever take ever happen it could take a hundred years but you know I, I was thinking about this I have been to every rivalry game except uh Lavelle Edwards' last game when I was actually the beat guy for <laughs> the Cougars that year
0: one time you think you'd really be there yeah
1: yeah but they were I was also youth basketball uh, much like Jay Drew is doing for the Desert News this year. And so they were playing in Puerto Rico on Thanksgiving Day, if you everybody remembers
0: Coach Edwards'
1: last game. I was sitting on a hotel bed in Puerto Rico <laughs> watching that. But other than that, I've been to every single game since then and several before then. And when the game is played, I haven't noticed a difference. Maybe it might take another generation or two before the fans feel different because the fans... They're the ones, to a large extent, who make the game feel the same because the intensity and the electricity and all that stuff, all those things, you can't really define. But when you're in the stadium, you can feel it. You can just feel that it's different. There's an excitement level that is a little higher. And i don't know that it'll ever go away maybe it will but it's going to take a while because you still have so many fans there's hundreds of thousands of fans who still remember the time that they were playing in the conference and all that stuff will still remember it was the last game of the season but when the ball's in the air and the game is being played the intensity at least from my perspective i haven't noticed a drop off at all and then the post-game celebration i haven't noticed now it's not you know when you win the fiesta bowl and everybody runs out on the field but that could have been against anybody. It just so happened that it was against BYU. It could have been uh, Colorado. If, if well, I guess you can't uh, clinch the Rose Bowl bid in the regular season anymore. That's that's kind of a, a downer, you know, because that's always been in the Pac-10, uh, like the Devils the year that they went. The first time they went, they actually clinched before the last game, mm-hmm. and that was a big, big deal. You won't get that because you got to play that. You got to get game, to the college title that game now. One, right. I call it the one game
0: playoff. Okay. All right. What are your predictions for the big one? We will get to that coming up on our next segment. A lot of people on social media have already put their predictions down. And, PK, this will shock you, but some of them have tried to be funny. Well, I mean, some of right them there. may have achieved that. Others. Their wives do think they're funny. I have clearly, to give them that. Others clearly have not. All right. DJ and PK. It's 90, oh, one note, uh, Gunnar Romney officially doubtful to play tomorrow night, according to Kalani Sataki, but I think we largely thought that anyway. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. Aggies host North Dakota at Maverick Stadium. It's the home opener Saturday night, 7 o'clock on, excuse me, Tonight, Friday night, their home opener. thought you tri- tricked me there. No. CBS Sports Network yeah, tonight at 7 o'clock, the Aggie up. pregame show. Kicks off at 6 o'clock with Scott Gerard on the call. Tonight, a Friday night game. North Dakota is good. Now, they're not North Dakota State, who's been just rolling out championship teams for a decade it seems like but north dakota's still good they've been in the fcs playoffs two years in a row and they beat idaho state in their season opener 35 14 obviously the aggies are coming off the big end at washington state and be a big old letdown to mess this up pk don't mess up your money game well, i can't watch it i'll be a little big town tonight but uh, at uh, the
1: uh Eccles theater but they'll have that thing. I'll catch it later. But yeah, absolutely, they got to get that. And the thing about you ever you ever run across people from Montana and the they, they, uh, North Dakota, man, they, they, it's such a it's those, the biggest game in town. Those football games, those football teams are like BYU Utah here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know that that means anything to the Aggies. And as far as them losing this game, I don't see it. And it's important that they continue it because their conference schedule, man, they they get some good teams right off the bat. In fact, I think the schedule gets easier as the season progresses. So you want to be playing some good ball right now and get keep going because, and even you know you don't want to just win nineteen sixteen or something. You know it's important to have that mo- momentum going forward uh, because of the schedule that they got early on. Uh, and, and I think this is this is an important. I don't want to say tune up because that's disrespecting the North Dakota. But I think it's an important momentum game because Blake Anderson's trying to build something. It was a resounding success in week one. The defense, I thought, was awesome. And obviously the offense did enough to get out of there with a win, particularly when they needed it the most, they came through. So I'm excited to see the progression of this team. And with the graduate, or not just the graduate, but the transfer portal now, teams can turn it around pretty quick.
0: To your point about, uh, you know, the conference and the good tests early, they have Air Force next week, and Air Force is playing Navy, and it's on CBS. So if you're an Aggie fan, you want to do a little scouting Saturday afternoon. Haven't they struggled with Air Force? Yes, I think so. I think there's been some back and forth. I can look that series up for you, but I think there's been some back and forth in that series. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. You know, so we got every external factor in the world that is affecting our ability to maintain intensity, play the way we need to play, and practice the way we need to practice to improve. Yeah, that was the quote we were talking about yesterday. There he is. Just disgusted. Nick Saban gearing up for Mercer. <laughs> I got nothing for you in this game. <laughs> All right, games you have something for. How about the Pac 12 and the Big Ten? Washington and Michigan, Oregon State. Excuse me, Oregon and Ohio State. Is Pac 12 going to get humiliated, PK? They're going to at least get a split? Well, you got Colorado and AM also. You do You have Colorado and AM, yes. Not Pac 12 Big Ten, but <clears throat> Pac 12 SEC. So I think there's low expectations for that game. I can argue i got low expectations for all three of those games if you want to look at them that way. And that's why I phrased the question the way I did. Are they going to get embarrassed?
1: It's so difficult to say on the surface, I would say absolutely yes. But, you know, it's just one game. If it's three or four or five, it might feel differently. But one game, can they improve? Do they Do they show a better effort? You know, because college football is funky in that you just pound against each other for three weeks and then you get out there and you play. And so slow starts, sluggishness and all that stuff. How much of that was it or how much of these teams that are overhyped and maybe they're not as good? I'm not ready to draw uh, definitive conclusions yet. Uh, Ohio State, they looked... Little, I don't want to say sluggish because that's disrespecting Minnesota. But when they had to turn it on, they looked prolific. Man, their their, their speed is just overwhelming. The quarterbacks and and these programs now. What's cool about these programs? Not always because you had Georgia and Clemson was a snooze fest, right? It was a ten to three. Mm-hmm. But what's cool about these programs that in years past when it would just be we're just going to dominate you defensively and run the ball was kind of boring. But that's not the case now they got high-flying athletes all over the field so they can have these massive, big plays, explosive plays, and the quarterbacks can get in there and look like NFL guys when before, years ago, it didn't seem like that would happen very much, particularly with the, uh, you know, Ohio State. And we know the teams with the, the running offense and all that, the three yards and the dust and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not the case. So Oregon and... and, and uh, Washington, they're going to have to match these guys. They're going to have to play a lot better. I think they will, though. I feel pretty good about them feeling playing better. I don't know if it's good enough to win, particularly in
0: Oregon's case. Oregon's case, case, right? Uh, There are four games matching Pac-12 schools against Power 5 opponents, and the Pac-12 is the underdog in every game. Washington's a 7-point underdog in Michigan. Cal's an 11.5-point underdog at TCU. Oregon is a 14.5 point underdog at Ohio State, and Colorado is a 17 point underdog at home to Texas A&M.
1: But you're also forgetting BYU in Utah because BYU is a Power 5 team as of this morning.
0: As of, what do you think, two hours the official answer? Three hours the official answer?
1: This morning, and they'll, they'll tell you what they're going to do. I don't, I don't know if they're going to tell you what they're going to do officially with BYU TV, if they've got that. You know, obviously they've been in talks as far as they want to utilize that, and why wouldn't they? The West Coast Conference did it on a smaller level. So why wouldn't the big, the new configured Big 12? Of course, it only makes sense, right? BYU needs to offer that up, and that's an, that's an advantage. So I don't know what levels of third-tier rights, how they're going to handle all that stuff. I don't know if they'll have that announcement in great detail, but certainly it'll be a part of the, the package that only just makes common sense. Uh, so it's not official, but in a sense, since we can't play the game for another two years after this year, Let's go Big 12, Pac-12 right now. (laughs) And and, and and I think it is something that, uh, particularly if Utah loses, I'm not so sure the Pac-12 can get a lot of credit in this game, but if they lose, they could take a big hit. Particularly if the other games that you just mentioned don't go their way. If you're sitting there and you lose those other four games that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. and BYU finds a way to win, I mean, that's a major knock against the conference. You can't deny it. Yeah, completely. Whereas if they win but the other teams lose,
0: it doesn't generate as much buzz, you know what I mean? Well, no, the might... story will be the other four losing. And, and then anything else that happens, if anybody else in the conference loses, it'll be added to the pot, to the stew. Well, I know, but not lose. I'm talking about winning. I, I think you
1: take bigger, a bigger hit if Utah loses combined with those others losing as opposed if those others lost and Utah won. Because then you would just look at it, oh, you're 1-4, and 1-5. and five. That's still not good enough. Whereas if Utah wins and the other teams win too, which I don't think is going to happen, I don't think it's going to be a sweep by any stretch, then, wow, as bad as the North was in Week 1, that would be a major comeback in Week 2.
0: Oregon and Ohio State, 10 a.m. game on Big Fox. Texas A&M and Colorado following that on, uh, on Big Fox. Stanford and USC the conference opener will be on Fox on Big Fox at the same time that BYU and Utah are playing on ESPN so computer time phone time right uh, and Washington Michigan is prime time on ABC I wish I could Six say I have o'clock. a big phone
1: like you did with TV
0: no yep, you'll work on it no
1: I don't, I, don't I, I need Verizon and I need the techies I can't work on it I can't get a big phone they don't
0: exist. Weaver State and Dixie State, 8 o'clock. That's on ESPN Plus. You can stream that too. Just get it. Just be surrounded by like a half dozen computers. It'd be great. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. 3-2. Guerrero swings and He skies one out to deep right field. Judge Beck at the wall. He turns around. It's gone! An opposite field moonshot from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. His 42nd home run of the season. RBI number 100. Zimmerman, the first baseman, well behind the bag, the pitch. Swung on, line to left, and base hit! Braves win! Chuck Peterson with the game winner! Highlights from a light night on the Major League Baseball schedule. Light day on the Major League Baseball schedule. Toronto, though, won their eighth in a row, throwing themselves right into the wild card mix. They beat the Yankees 6-4. The Jays, the Red Sox, and the Yankees, three teams in the AL East, battling for those two spots. And Vlad Guerrero, PK, 42 homers, 100 ribbies. I mean, you knew he was going to get to 100 ribbies, but there it is. Nice round number.
1: Oh, he's, he's, no show. Yeah. he's no
0: Shohei Otani. Yeah. That's the only thing, though. He doesn't pitch uh, at the plate. So he's what? everything you want.
1: Yeah, he's just a great, great young kid too. I mean, he's got a Hall of Fame career ahead of him if he keeps this up. The startling stat in baseball that only baseball can come up with, you know, the obviously since they've won eight in a row, they swept the Yankees four straight. It's the first time since 1924 that the Yankees have not led in a four-game series. <laughs> <laughs> At no point did they ever lead,
0: wire to wire, huh? every yeah. game.
1: Yeah, and it's the f- nineteen twenty-four. That's what baseball can do for you because it's so old. You can go back that far. Ninety-seven it's just, seven years. Yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. And I think it was the first Yankees sweep of the Blue Jays, two thousand three.
0: The Jays yeah. sw- haven't swept the Yankees since oh three.
1: The first four game sweep of the Yankees in the Bronx since two thousand three. Okay, Bo well, Bichette, who is the son of Dante, who's a very good player, was only four years old. But he was the star of the show on Thursday.
0: He year. had three hits.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and they need a little offense because Springer has been injured.
0: Okay, but there aren't that many four-game series for the Jays in the Bronx. I mean, you uh, might go in for a two- or three-game year, series. They? I don't think they have to play one every year. Oh, I don't know. All right. Bees and the Dodgers. Bees open the series with a 12-8 loss to Oklahoma City. Teams play again tonight. 630 Smiths Ballpark. there might be tickets. fireworks tonight. SLBs.com or listen to the game here on 97.5 The Zone with the On Deck Circle pregame show at 620. And we'll be giving away Bees tickets this morning, PK. Look
1: uh, at those. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh. Uh, game fireworks presented by Larry H Miller dealerships tonight all
0: right DJ and PK hashtag RSL and speaking of sweeps laFC trying to sweep RSL they won here in Utah they beat them in LA uh, the game in LA was two to one but they really dominated uh, David Cho was great in goal or that would have been re- really would have really gotten out of hand and he's been injured but he is I think expected back for this one. I think it's more. You won't know till he gets through warm-ups, but it seems more likely than not that he'll be playing in this one. Aaron Herrera, though, is out. Yellow card accumulation, he's suspended. So RSL will be shorthanded there as LAFC goes to the win. LAFC actually, three, despite those two wins, three points behind RSL in the playoff race. Well, Pablo has
1: got a friend in me.
0: <laughs> I, I heard from RSL people after that interview. <laughs> There were multiple staffers listening. I actually got one text. I love Jack in the Box. <laughs> really got to the heart. It wasn't of about
1: the food at Jack in the Box. It was <laughs> how that was the place where we hung out. Everybody
0: hung out because
1: you meant to At meet? that point, yeah. it was the edge
0: of town. There was nothing around, and that was a place to go.
1: And there was a parking lot. There was an old yellow front store. I don't know if you remember if the store's I yellow front. I do remember yeah. yellow
0: front. What were uh, they? Were they
1: uh, like a Kmart type of thing? Oh, yeah. 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 I do, yeah. And so there was a par- There was a store there, so it was in a big parking lot, and the Jack in the Box was there. It's still there. Everything else has changed a thousand times over, but the Jack in the Box is still there. Right. I have no idea if they hang out. I also wanted to ask him if he knew the coach who, play- who coached at Cactus High School because they had won eight state titles.
0: Well, uh, we'll have him mm. on again. Yeah, because that was my,
1: my the best man at my wedding, as you know. I do. Uh, but we ran out of time because I'm guessing that he was aware.
0: Yeah, you would think he'd be aware on some level. Yeah. He would know. Being an Arizona guy, he would know.
1: Yeah, and that, that school would have been maybe six, seven miles to the west. Yeah.
0: All right, well, we'll talk about that with him next time we have him on RSL and LAFC. It's a Sunday night game, 8.30, the first kick. And that'll be the first of three games in seven days for RSL. So they're going to have to rotate through guys and use all the subs and all that. All right. DJ and PK, what is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, David Locke, his weekly visit. Brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group, and we're at Murdoch Hyundai. The there's Blake walking in on cue. Oh, my way to hit your mark, man. Your timing is impeccable. We say Murdoch, and you just blow right through the door. Uh, we're going to have to talk to him about Big 12 basketball. I, I expect he's a little excited about that. Yeah. All right, David Locke will be here at 8 o'clock, and Brian Keel, former BYU linebacker, at 9 o'clock, right here on 87.5 and 12.80 the zone.